You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic. Welcome to episode 132, and we have something a little different planned today. Yeah, I, I almost stumbled because I didn't know what to say. I'm like, <laughs> it's not a buzz. It's not a meet it's, the guest. It's I, not a meet the guest. It's something we kind of have in our back pocket. Um, I guess I should say I've had in my back pocket for a long time. For I'm in the dark. I have no idea. we couldn't schedule a guest, what could we do? Uh, these things happen. You have guests back out last minute. Which didn't happen in this case. We just uh, we couldn't get one. We couldn't get one. <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> this, get one this, finalized. So one of the ideas I've had for a long time is I'm a big fan of uh, listening to trivia on the Meat Eater podcast, and I said, well, this would be kind of fun to do uh, some Native Plants Healthy Planet trivia on our podcast. So it's really just a straight rip off on what they were doing. Um, so Spencer Newtharth, if you're listening to this, this is uh, all credit to you. I, I just kind of well, copied what you do and. And I kind, we're going to go with it from there. I kind of feel, in many respects, this is going to highlight all the stuff I don't know. Like, it's going to expose me. was very scared. Yeah, I, this I, is... Uh, but this is nothing that I didn't make you do with the native plant every day with Thomas Frank. Because yeah. you had to guess every episode, and I didn't yeah. have to guess at all. And it's not stuff I'm expecting you to just know. I mean, right. this goes... I'm hoping everyone has a lot of fun and plays along at home. And uh, and if you win with our three contestants here, if you beat them, then uh, I feel like you should write into us and be the let new, us know that you be the, that be you actually won. So, but um, <laughs> but I wrote questions that are gonna like well, they're trivia questions, so they're gonna be a little tricky. There's some hints in here and there, so uh, so don't be so worried. I think all of our folks in here are worried. So why don't we first introduce the contestants, and then I'll I'll get in the rules. Do you so want let's to start to my left. We have my brother, Steve Knezic, who's been on the podcast at least once. Yep. How's everyone doing today? Excited hey, to be Steve. here. And across the table from me, we have Fran Chismar, the, the co-host of Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yes. And uh, and probably the presumptive favorite I to don't, win this. If, I don't feel uh, that way. Honest. I don't feel that way. So. I really don't. Here's the thing. I'm like Rain Man with something. Like some things I kill it or I'm horrible. There's no in-between. And I guess we'll know by the first question. <laughs> Which way that's going to go. And then to my right, we have another folk guy who's been on the podcast uh, plenty of times, and that's Dal Kabeski from Sunset Farmstead. Hello. We didn't want to just use people from, from <laughs> Highlands Nursery for this. So basically the rules are just like you're playing bar trivia, um, which both Steve and Daryl, you both said you don't enjoy and aren't good at. <laughs> so, but it's basically I'm going to ask a question. You have your whiteboard in front of you or our makeshift whiteboards for, for Fran and Steve. You're going to write on there what you think the answer is. There's going to be questions I'm going to ask. Hey, there's 10 of these things that are out there. I want you to write down two of them. Okay. So it could be any two of the 10 or three of the 10, I think, in one case. But you just got to get all two or three of them right. You can't just get one of them right. Um, and don't worry about those. It's not that It's not that difficult. If you know plant names, you'll at least be able to guess. <laughs> so, all, right, all right. And um, You may want to grab the black one. Uh, the blue one wasn't any good. Yeah. Oh, you had one in your yeah, hand. Never mind. I got a oh, green okay. one. The all green right. marker. Yeah, so and then uh, there's 10 total questions, and basically we're going to go through, and, and whoever has the most right at the end is going to be our winner. If there is a tie, I do have a tiebreaker that will eliminate uh, – 
any tie that we come across. All so, right. What does the winner get? Bragging rights. Yeah, that's basically it's, uh, pride. <laughs> I guess. That, what the else only, is there? The only, pri- <laughs> the only on. prize you need. And that's another thing I was a little bit worried about as I started to think about this a little more is, uh, Daryl, I know you're really competitive. Fran, I know you're really competitive. Yeah. And then my brother is probably the least competitive out of everyone, but he was also a Division One athlete, which means he's also very competitive. Very competitive, yeah. So it's um, – I don't want to see anyone jumping over tables and fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't mind if you talk smack a little bit, but but we got to keep it PG. Uh, I tend not it's... to talk smack until I know I have the win locked. Yeah. Then I'll talk <laughs> smack. Like, I don't want it to come back. I've had that happen way too many times. I'm reserved until I know I got the win, yep. and then I'll – I may get my butt kicked. If that happens, I might get my butt kicked by the end of the episode. And, um, yeah, so basically, does anyone need to go over the rules one more time just to – Flesh it out. Like I said, uh-huh. ten questions. Um, some are multiple choice. Some are open ended. Where it's just gonna. I'm not gonna give you any choices. You have to guess what you think is the the um, the right answer. And uh, there's a couple lollipops in there that should be pretty easy for some people, but maybe not everyone. So so how so we're each gonna write it down. Are we gonna hold it up one at a time? Or are what you we're going gonna to- do is is once once everyone has something written down, I don't have a timer set for this okay. where it's like, oh, you have 60 seconds. I'm going to kind of keep track of my head. And once everyone's kind of done writing, we're going to okay. all flip them up at the same time. And if I, I'll cut you off if we're going like – if it's clear that you don't have an answer. All right. <laughs> it's okay. like So we don't go like five minutes in between questions. But, right. um, yeah. So are we gonna are we gonna talk about our answers after or yeah. maybe oh, yeah. the topic that we covered? Yeah, of course. So yeah, I have some fun feel, facts if, in there too. If we feel Tom's wrong, if you we feel can, I'm wrong, okay. feel free to let me yeah. know. And that goes for our listeners too. If you feel I've gotten a question wrong or it's a poorly worded question, also feel free to write into me and uh and say, Hey, I didn't like you at that question. Because yeah, I'm in, sure Fran is going to say that a lot. Info <laughs> at nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. And uh, please direct that to Fran. And, uh, <laughs> so, all right. All right. Who's ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to go. Question one. Which of the following native plant genuses, uh, so plant families, is also the name of a specialty lifestyle and clothing brand? All right. I know the answer before you even say it. Yeah. So write down uh, what you think the answer is. I knew Fran would probably know this one. Which of one. the following, though? Yeah, you said which of the following. Oh, sorry. I didn't <laughs> but, say the following But he yet. didn't give the list, but I yeah. know what the answer is. Which of the following native plant genuses is also the name of a specialty lifestyle brand? Uh, Quercus, Spartina, Schizocarium, or Verbena? Fran got it right so fast it threw me off of my question. So, <laughs> I'm going to repeat it one more time. Which of the following native plant genuses is also the name of a specialty lifestyle brand? Quercus, Spartina, Schizocarium, or Verbena? So does everyone have an answer? All right. Daryl with Spartina. Fran with Spartina. Steve with Schizocarium. We have two correct answers in the room. Spartina is a lifestyle brand. Uh, actually, is the it name Spartina of it, 47? It's, uh, Spartina 449 449. was founded in Defusky, South Carolina in 2009 and was named after the coastal seagrass found along the nearby coast. Their styles described as laid back luxe or casually elegant and inspired by South Carolina's low country. All right. Well, I have a. It's, uh, and it's very expensive. So, <laughs> so Spartina is the answer, right? Yes. yes. Well, I have a rebuttal because at the nursery we have Shizakarium shirts. Shizakarium scoparium shirt. Well, that's, that's, I, I don't think Lydia is a designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a. Well, there is a shirt a out there brand. that says Shizakarium scoparium. There is. And we do have a, a 
customer named Corcus LLC. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, little known fact, yeah. John Hughes, the, the writer and film director, his email address was Quercus at AT&T. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Don't email him because he's <laughs> not alive anymore. Yeah. But that was when he did plant business. That's the email. he. I'm sure he had other emails, but – yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, it's okay, Fran. It adds to the ambiance. <laughs> so um, don't that, if, if, I don't know if everyone else heard that, but that was Fran's computer giving him some kind Go, of alert. It was going to go to sleep, <laughs> but, but I prevented it. So, so far, what we one to one to zero. I'll give score updates. I don't want to drag right. everything on with score updates every once in a while. But uh, so, Steve, you got a little comeback to do here. All right, and uh, all right, and I should note also, I did this. Um, first, I asked my mom some of the trivia questions. She didn't get any of them right. Okay. Um, which got me really worried because I'm like, oh, maybe I made this too hard. Uh, when I went through myself, I was like, I probably knew five to seven of these beforehand. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then I was like, well, with the wording of the question, I might not have gotten it right or I might have gotten something right that I wouldn't have. So I would have guessed I would get like a five to seven range. Um, and then I did it with my wife, Melissa, and she got two. Okay. And this is the and the first one was one of them because she All actually right. owns a Spartina shirt. Does she wow. really? Yeah. I'm feeling a little more confident now. All now right. that I have one in my pocket. Well, this is at least I'm not blanking. That... <laughs> at least I'm not blanking. This is gonna be the one that really sets the, the stage for the, the rest of the game, I think. All right. Um so question two. Americanforest.org has a registry of champion trees which recognizes the biggest trees in the country for each species. All right. Of the following species of trees listed on their website, which one has the tallest individual specimen? Spe- specimen, Ooh, not specimen. All right. Specimen. Okay. All right. And the, the trees I picked out were Quercus alba. All right. Liriodendron tulipifera. Okay. Suedosuga menziesii, or Douglas fir. Uh, yeah. So it's Pseudos- white oak. Pseudosuga menziesii. Yeah. Pula poplar, uh, Douglas fir, or uh, Suga canadensis, which is eastern hemlock. Um, all right. I'll repeat the question while you guys are thinking a little bit. Of the following species of trees listed on their website, which one has the tallest individual specimen? Uh, Quercus alba, which is white oak. Liriodendron tulipifera, which is tulip poplar. Suedosuga mens... Uh, you say the second part again, Fran. It's Pseudosuga uh, menziesii. Menziesii, which is Douglas fir, uh, which I is... Easy. I, I know believe, that one. if I remember correctly. And then uh, Suga canadensis, which is eastern hemlock, so... All right, still see. Steve, you done writing over I'm here? all set. All right, let's show your answers. All right, so we had tulip poplar, liriodendron, and liriodendron. Consensus across the room. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read these off for their okay. max heights in uh, reverse order. Oh, all right. Uh, the shortest of the group was uh, Quercus alba, which is 90 feet. Which is wider and to me than taller. Like, to me, that was a... That individual was found in Virginia and actually had 120-foot widespread. So, Fran, wow. you're right. It's, okay. so it's cool much wider yeah. than it was yes. was tall. Uh, the second shortest was Leary Dengen really? Tulip Affair, which is Tulip Poplar. Uh, and that one was 139 feet, also found in Virginia. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So uh, you guys guessed wrong. You got that one wrong. So, what's... Wait, don't... You, I was going to say... You should leave that for a tiebreaker if we need it. Well, I have another tiebreaker. Okay, all so right. Okay. Does anyone want to take another guess? And for no points, just to see of the remaining two, which one they think had the tallest individual specimen. Next, Hem- I would go hemlock. hemlock. Okay. Steve? Hemlock or Douglas fir? Douglas fir is out in the Pacific are probably huge. So yeah. go with Douglas Steve's fir thinking the, the right way. Yeah. It's if- uh, the, the eastern hemlock, the tallest one, still an amazingly tall tree, 175 feet in North Carolina. 
And then the tallest of these is the the Douglas fir at 293.67 feet in Washington. Wow. Wow. That makes sense. Good good line of thought, Steve. Yeah, if only you thought about that way first. (laughs) The deep (laughs) one got one right. But the you know, tallest, and I think that's like I wonder what the tallest one on the East Coast would be. Yeah, because I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, well, I wanted like to make that. sure we have listeners from all the country. I wanted to have some things that they could get right too, because this is heavily New Jersey and East Coast flavored, um, just because that's the stuff I know mm-hmm. and uh, and could easily write questions for. But uh, a little fun fact here: the tallest tree in the country is a 380 foot tall, and actually this is in the entire world. Um, it's a coast redwood or Sequoia sempervirens. Uh, named Hyperion, and it's off limits to visitors in California because there's no cell service and they don't want people going to try and see it. And uh, it was actually saved. It was right near a log and clear cut back in the 70s, and they put in a ban of cutting in that area to actually wow. save this tree. Um, now, the when you look this up, what actually comes up often is that General Sherman, which is a sequoia, or excuse me, a sequoia dendron giganticum or a giant sequoia, is the largest tree, but that's the largest tree by volume. Uh, it's only 275 feet tall, but has a volume of 52,500 cubic feet, which is uh, about 70% of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Wait, so the largest Douglas fir is taller than the largest Sequoia dendron gigantium? Yes. That just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Next, you're going to tell me red fox aren't Well, sequoias native. are like, well, the, they're <laughs> like the white oak. The, yeah. white, the white oak is very... Large and spread mm-hmm. out wide. Yep. yep. Very majestic, like, in its width. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. All right. Well, I'm all glad right. you threw that one in first because it will make me think different, but now I'm afraid I'm going to overthink every question. <laughs> all, all right. right so we're we still ever – the right. leaders are at one. Well, on to question three. All right. Um, on the same note of champion trees, according to AmericanForest.org, which state has the most champion trees? Um, actually, if you name one in the top four – you'll get a point. So you have right. 50 states to choose from. You just have All to right. name one of them in the top four. Which state? Uh, yeah, which state. So All right. All right, I'll repeat the question one more time. On the same note of champion trees, according to AmericanForest.org, which state has the most champion trees? Actually, one in the top four is going to count here. And uh, so you have a one in 12 and a half chance All right. of getting this right. So just one state. Okay. Uh, everyone's done writing here. All right, we have two correct answers in the room. The states, actually, excuse me, one correct answer in the room. I misread that. Uh, With 57 champions, you have Arizona. Okay. With 75 champions, you have Texas. Oh. With 92 champions, you have Florida. And then with 101 champions and co-champions, the state with the most is Virginia. Wow. Context context clues. (laughs) All right, and where was North – I had chosen North Carolina. North where Carolina, did that show? I, have, I have no idea. I All didn't right. look that hard okay. to, All right. to find that one. I but, guess Ohio um, because I went to school there and I saw a lot of these champion trees. Yeah, there. and uh, and basically Amer- what AmericanForest.org is really cool because people can submit what they find to be some of the biggest trees in their area. And when if you find one that is the new biggest, they'll put the record up and say when it was – what is submitted and um, and have all the measurements and all that. So – and it's not like you'll have things all the way from like a viburnum lentago or, or what's that possum hall, right? Yeah. To obviously the the metasequoias and the giant giant trees out west. So they're rating them against each other, and they actually have a really cool point scoring system. If you're into statistics, like I am, where they're taking not just the height, 
but it'll be the height times the spread and times the circumference of the tree. And they have a formula that they take all those measurements to find out which is the largest, not necessarily the tallest. The tall is just the tallest. It's like largest plant by volume. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. So Florida and Arizona, now that I think about it, makes sense to me because they have more of a biodiversity there and they're more of a niche Mm -hmm. habitat. And the warmer warmer conditions i guess where yeah, yeah like i think about florida for instance yeah. it's like they're gonna have species of trees there that you're not gonna find yeah. anywhere else in the country and um so they haven't advantage there because yeah, they're the only true. one that has it that's but, true all right but i was really surprised that virginia was number one uh, overall virginia's got a lot of it but there's a lot of diversity between um just ecosystems and everything like that. So there's you have a greater chance of there being more varieties of plants to bump that number gotcha. up. That's that makes kind sense. of why I looked at it. All right. I had to cross out a I, well, scoring I, error I just made because I was like, ooh, someone is going to get mad at me if I put the wrong I'm keeping score, too, just to make just to, just to make sure. But the I had chosen North Carolina because when we were doing a native plant every day, one of the things that we always tried to do was look for the champion tree where it was at and a lot of them were North Carolina mm-hmm. as we were going through but we were also picking trees mainly native to this area so yep. that would make sense and um all right so we'll go on to the next question and uh, our stack guy will look up how many champion trees North Carolina has so all right which is is me when you guys right. are answering this next question <laughs> so all right all right question 4 in 2012, previous guest Kip Adams from the National Deer Association, that was episode I don't even know when, a long time ago, yeah. wrote an article titled Know Your Native Deer Foods, in which survey respondents listed the top deer foods for different regions of the country. Name two of the nine native plants that appeared on his list for the Northeast. Wow. Species that deer want to eat. Yep. So so just name one, try to name two of them? Try to name two. He has nine species that are on that that list one of them so it is species you're not like you're not just saying viburnum you have to like say if you're doing a viburnum which viburnum you uh yeah okay yeah i wouldn't say like you can get we'll we'll fudge it a little bit depending on what your answers are so i would yeah i would say get as specific as you can but you don't have to get super specific You're squeaking away, writing down her answers. And one more time with the question is in the article titled Know Your Native Deer Foods, survey respondents listed top deer foods for different regions across the country. Name two of the nine native plants that appeared on this list for the Northeast. And uh, Daryl's still thinking over there. I'm still, yeah, this one's not. It's not an easy question. You know, I I wrote an answer and I'm not even confident about that. And Steve is, is. Wrote uh, cockily is what they like to say on the media <laughs> trip. He wrote very cockily over there, like he knows the uh, answer. I, I also am a I'm a deer hunter, so I know some of these things. Yeah, I feel like I would. Um, I could be wrong. And uh, let's see here, how many? Explore the registry of champion trees, uh, state. Carolina, Dal, you still uh, thinking of you're about? I've heard two I'm just, answers. I'm, I'm just really, trying to think of the second one. Listen, I'm. I feel like I have to choose from such a wide selection that I, I, I just don't even feel confident about this one. All right, and uh, it looks like North Carolina has 14 champion trees. That's it. Which uh, is still a pretty good number. Yeah, but Florida more had than, like 101. 
Virginia had 101. Florida Do these have to be um, species that are still thriving and alive? Yeah, today? I mean, that's why I'm like, one of the things I wrote, like I'm this, like, it's at not. At this moment? Or? It's, yeah. it's no, not no. even a rank. It could be a historical tree that is Oh, no oh you present. mean like. For the deer oh, food, gosh. you're on historical yeah. trees? Yeah. No, I'm not, I didn't write a historical <laughs> answer, but I know for, I know that one of the trees right. is gone from our forest now. Um, I, I would assume that that one is not on the list. Okay. It's just a. Yeah. All right. And um Yeah, we'll uh Fran you still I hear All Fran right. speaking I, over I, there. I I have no idea. All right, let's let's show our answers and then we'll I, go through I, I we'll wrote, see if maybe I this was just a really bad question. Just in case. And um <laughs> And Daryl, uh, you're none of them are right. So, <laughs> so Daryl has Aster Levis and as which a, we find, yeah, you really like enjoy. Candy. Um, I'm gonna chalk this up to being a really bad, poorly written question because no one got anything right. And but Can I know I, those are things deer like. The one His I list the one tended I, to be more herbaceous plants. Are, are they uh, forage? Are the deer eating so the plants or the seeds? They're or eating the, the plants. The plant? Okay, so. And I'm not going to give you guys another chance because we've taken right. a lot of time on this all question right, already. Right. But the plants that but he not, had. Okay. Oh, I was going to uh, say, we're only 20 minutes in. Yeah, I was like, going to say, Daryl, you had uh, uh, red cedar. Red cedar. You had uh, smooth acid and viburnum nudum. I had red cedar, persimmon, and I actually had maple leaf viburnum, and then I crossed it mm-hmm. out. I crossed so, it out. And persimmons, we all, we all know that deer do like to eat persimmon. Steve had white oak, and he also had persimmon. Written on his, which they like to eat the fruit and more yeah. the fruit and the, the yeah. seeds off of those. Uh, the list was more, like I said, more herbaceous flavored. And uh, the plants that were on that list were bracken fern, brambles. So your your blue, okay. uh, not blueberries, your blackberries and raspberries, uh, grape, greenbrier, jewelweed, poison ivy, Virginia creeper, wild rose, and sarsaparilla. Man, I wouldn't so, have got I wouldn't have got them. Yeah, and that was that was one of the ones that just from talking to Kip and following some of the NDA stuff, I knew that they really like. I would have guessed some other stuff too, but I knew they liked a lot of your brambles. I knew they liked poison ivy and greenbrier yeah. or some of their things that they're eating year round. Um, like poison ivy, like I've witnessed deer eating like the whole back end of my property is poison mm-hmm. ivy. I've witnessed deer eating that, but that's not what they eat. First in my yard, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's when everything else is gone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just yeah. interesting. Yeah. Nothing on that list is really a landscape plant. Oh, yeah. That we're yeah. all thinking yep. about, you know, yeah. so that's, and that's, that's yeah. As far as the American chestnut goes, that's one of the trees I was alluding to. But yes. the, uh, yeah. That's also a seed that they're eating. But yep. my uh, neighbor. Or my friend, Big Nuts Ted, he has persimmons. He has all sorts of. He's got. A, I call him. I call him Big Nuts Ted because that's his passion, his life is finding a, like a hickory nut and crossbreeding it into getting a giant hickory nut, and that's his mm-hmm. passion. Um, but anyway, it is a great nickname. It is a fantastic <laughs> well, nickname. Yeah, he, who's he's, he's amazing. But anyway, I see the deer walk past all <laughs> the persimmons. Big nuts he's, than Tom he's got balls. amazing nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they walk past all the persimmons. They walk past all the uh, all the pecans, and they go right and hone in right next to his house. He's got a chestnut tree, and they mm. eat all his chestnuts. And it's pretty wild to me that they just go right past all that. And well, eat that. I know Daryl and I both put eastern red cedar. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't drive by an exit <laughs> exit or on ramp yeah. in this part of the in New Jersey and not see. My wife is like, "Why do those plants grow that way?" I'm like, "Oh, they don't. The deer eat mm-hmm. the, the first six feet. That's yeah." Still, you know, that's and not, what I've heard uh, in regards to that, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, is they 
a lot of times, like the cedar doesn't have much nutritional value for yeah. them. They just have very little other food on the landscape. So they're that's what there's left. They're going to browse and browse and browse regardless of the nutritional content because they need to eat something. And that's one of the things they'll eat because there's just not enough it's other stuff the there for them. It's one of the last things for them to go yeah. to. But yeah. yeah. So I'll chalk that one up as a, bad, right. a poorly a good, worded question. All right. Hopefully everyone at home isn't mad at me over that one. So that was um, four questions, right? So, yeah, four we're one? on a question five. All right. Uh, we'll do this one, then we'll do a little score break, which is going to be really easy for me to tabulate at this point. <laughs> All right. So, okay. All right. Question five. Insects often have intricate relationships with native plants. The luna moth is no different, and females prefer to lay their eggs on a select few native trees and shrubs. Name one of the host plants for luna moths noted by University of Virginia's Mountain Lake Biological Station. So, and I have six species that would be correct. And we can only write one. Write one, yeah. If you were to write two... And one of them's wrong. I would have to consider it an incorrect answer. I'm going off experience here, where I found them. All right. How about this? Is like writing music. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. Sounds like crickets. (laughs) The luna moth is no different, and females prefer to lay their eggs on a select few native trees and shrubs. Name one of the host plants for luna moths, noted by University of Virginia's Mountain Lake Biological Station. And I found confirmation of this like, okay. across other sites, too. All that right. was just the first place I found it, and I want to give them credit. All Looks right. like everyone oh, here is... I'm not... Re- I'm, he changes, I don't think his answer? Yeah. I'm going to change my answer. All right. One sec. So, and the... Yeah, luna moths were... More interesting. Well, we all, we know that they're big and green, and I guess they're supposed to look like some um, some moon, like a some artwork in Asia. But uh, oh, Steve, you're done writing here. Yeah, right. I always thought all they right. were called luna moths because they fly at night. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I didn't really look into the name. I just looked symbol, into the lifestyle. They're a symbol of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone, how about you show your answers? All right, we have a uh, Quercus. Daryl says Quercus alba. Fran says persimmon, and Steve says sweet gum. Uh, let's see. What do you have? You had uh, Berkus Alba. Yep. Uh, the ones that are on the list from the UVA's Mountain Lake Biological Station are birch, hickory, walnut, sweet gum, persimmon, and sumac. So, right. Fran, you got another one right, and Steve, you got another board, one right. <laughs> did, did Steve All get right. one right? Steve got, okay. He just got right. sweet gum. All right. So okay, we're not doing too bad. So my All experience, right. I found, um, I found the larva on sweet gums before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it's like a tiny little brown egg, right? Is what not I the read. Egg. I've, I've seen the. Well, I shouldn't say I found, found the larva. The, I found the caterpillars. Uh, I found the moths, right? Like a dying moth okay. near sweet gum. So I probably if, laid if eggs. If there. I'm correct, the adult luna moth doesn't eat. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, um, I don't so, think they have a stomach. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, so the luna moth females will lay their eggs on one of the above listed plants. Uh, in our area, I've read, especially as you get further north, they really prefer your birches, but we'll go to any of those trees. That's where they're most commonly found. After 7 to 10, 10 days, that egg will hatch, and tiny caterpillars emerge. And after about a month and change, they'll go and spin a cocoon in the leaves. Now, if it's later in the year and winter's approaching, the leaves are already in the ground, they'll actually overwinter in those leaves on the ground. Uh, another reason why it's important to leave your leaves Leave in the, the leaves. Mm. So, all it right. It was really interesting when we had Dr. Randy Eckel on. Yeah. I, and we've talked about it all the time, but when she's 
said the multitude of people she talks about mm-hmm. or talks to that wants to help the monarchs and help the pollinators mm-hmm. and plant all these things, and they're the first people yeah. to cut it all down <laughs> yeah. in the fall and rake yeah. the leaves and pull it all out. Yeah. I, I think I just remember hearing her talk about the sweet gums now on the on your live podcast mm-hmm. with Luna Moss now that I think about it. I She may have. I don't remember. <laughs> Which is bad. These things kind of fly by, and there's so many other things going on that we have the conversations, and then they like little moments stick out. They start but, to blend, but that one didn't. It gives me yeah. a new way to appreciate sweet gum because yeah, yeah. they're my probably my least favorite native tree. Oh yeah, why is that? Yeah, I want to uh, know why. Uh, sweet gums are my least favorite native tree because they probably are one of their first forest succession species. So they just like hoard out all the other species. So I think you really need fire to control them and. Uh, mm. If they you, do. I have seen fields where, like early succession, where they're they're really dense. All over at our farm, our seed farm, Foggy Bottom, they're uh, very abundant. And I try and you cut them out, and they sucker up and send, you know, five or six new shoots. They're they're very tough to kill. Although we we grow them and we do sell a, a fair amount, many of our customers don't buy them because they feel that that's a plant that's going to volunteer itself in yeah. anyway, and they don't have to. They're beautiful. They have that. beautiful foliage in the fall. They have really interesting oh, yeah. bark when they're young. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like winged a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think it's a great ornamental tree. I mean, I can understand your distaste yeah. for them in their colonization <laughs> process, but I mean, now knowing how much luna moths like yeah. them, I mean, yeah. there, there's a good ecological value and, to having and, them. So. And to me, they're kind of short lived too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as long lived. So even though they come up early, they're not going to. They're fast grower. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And most yeah. fast growers are brittle or not as long lived. And one thing I noticed, and I don't know if this is indicative of sweet gums in general. But I was hunting in a sweet gum, and I broke one of the branches, and it had a, a smell of um, if you mix juicy fruit and big red gum together. It oh, they like do that. smell. They I'm smell like, wonderful. Kinda Did you interesting smell? See, if I would have broke a branch and smelled that, I would have chewed the branch. I thought about it, but I didn't. They smell it's, almost like a hickory. I, I feel like a hickory yeah. branch would have a, a stronger smell to it, though. All right, All right, so we are halfway through our quiz. We are, and uh, look, score update here. Steve has one correct. He just got question five right, so he's on the board. Fran has two correct, and Daryl is also tied for first place with two correct. So uh, we're we're cruising along it's here. It's pretty close. So and it's anybody's game. I know there's at least one gimme, if not two gimmies, in the next five questions. All right. Um, at least in my opinion, if you don't get them right, Fran in particular is in trouble. All right. <laughs> so. I, all right. I, I'm looking at right now. I'm tied with your wife. Yes. For. Yep. For dominance, yep, yep, and I have to prove better and than Daryl too. Then, yeah, <laughs> Daryl aside, I just mean I have to do better than anyone yes. that that whose favorite band is the Dave Matthews Band. I may have just really like <laughs> secluded a portion of our yeah. our listeners right there. So, all right, so moving on to question right. six. Okay, uh, one of my favorite websites, the Biota of North America Project, what I call Bonap, identifies how many species of milkweed as being native to our state of New Jersey. And, uh, and I'll repeat that. The Biota of North America Project identifies how many species of milkweed as being native to our state of New Jersey. If you need any, um, I don't want to really oh, give man. you a hint. Like put a, write a number down? You just got to write a number down. Oh. You don't have to write how many or, or which all right. ones. I'm, uh, I'm, all right. I, I think I overshot. I'm, I'm guessing more than less. All right. And everyone wrote pretty quickly here, but uh, for our listeners, I'm just going to try and milk this out a little bit so they can think just a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm, debate, I, I'm really regretting my answer, but I'm sticking All right, everyone's has something written down, so show your answers. Uh, Steve has seven 
Brandon has six, and Daryl has three. You, I wanted to write four. You oh, you thought you overshot, but you yeah. really were only halfway there. There's really? 12 species really? of milkweed that are native to New Jersey. Of the 79 species of native and non-native milkweed found in the U.S., 12 can be found in the state of New Jersey, with a handful becoming increasingly rare. Um, and those 12 are Asclepius amplexicalis, Asclepius uh, exalta, Asclepius incarnata, which is swamp milkweed, swamp milkweed which everyone knows, um, Asclepius lanceolata, Asclepius purpurescens, which is one that's a little that's, bit more rare. That's one of the purp- that's purple milkweed. Yeah. Uh, Asclepius quadrifolia, Asclepius rubra, which is really rare. There's only, I think, a, a handful that they know are left in the state, and they can no longer um, self-reproduce because they're so few and far between. So they aren't producing viable seed at this point. So that's a species that's probably going to go be extirpated from the state unless there's an effort to uh, to do something there. Uh, Asclepius syriaca, which is common milkweed. Asclepius tuberosa, which is butterfly, butterfly. weed. Uh, Asclepius variegata, uh, Asclepius verticillata, and Asclepius viridiflora. And those are the 12. I'd like to find some of those other Asclepius yeah. Yeah. here. One, I want to plug our the one Asclepius that we found this year, Asclepius um, incarnata subspecies. In, what's it's the? it's uh, Asclepius incarnata subspecies pulchra. And then uh, some of them are even uh, variety alba. I wow. think that it should be its own species based on looking at it compared to. Uh, it the, does look completely different than. Um, it looks like if common milkweed and swamp milkweed crossed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is. Definitely different looking. But, I think it um, looks more like orange orange butterfly milkweed with a, uh, but it grows in the same envi- environment yeah. as swamp milkweed. Oh, but right. uh, but yeah, it's a, a they're kind of the same color and flower as yeah swamp milkweed. Some of them come up straight white, and it's just white flowers. Um, but yeah, the the state botanist told me that's what it was. So All right, I'm believing them. Okay, and, um, yeah, I would too. And I was just on Instagram the other day. There's an account I follow where they were talking through how they identify things as being a new species or not, and it is not a job I want to do. And I wanted to comment, like, you're one of the people that we hate. (laughs) 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 I didn't didn't do it. So, all right. Changing the names up on us all the time. We don't like you. (laughs) Question seven. Uh, And this one, I didn't want to make it too much of a gimme. So I, I... Played with it a little bit. I think this one should be pretty easy. I feel like you're and jinxing me. I, like maybe I'm just I am. going to like implode right now. So, uh, name two of Dr. Doug Talmy's Keystone flowering perennial uh, genera. So, the families for the Eastern Temperate region. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten correct uh, answers here. Re- so, re- think about it one more time. It's just an herbaceous uh, plant family. Is what I'm looking for. So, name two of Dr. Doug Talamy's Keystone Flowering Perennial uh, Genera for the Eastern Temperate Region. Uh, so, Daryl got to writing pretty quick. I have no idea. Yeah, um, and uh, and I'll doesn't I don't care if it's it's botanical name or or. Uh, Do we get extra credit if it is the correct? No, <laughs> not really. But. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's Fran. You're overthinking this. I didn't want to do the the. Woody plants because everyone knows. I knew the woodies. I didn't know the Quercus Prunus. I, we have a shirt that says it all, so I yeah. couldn't do that one because Fran, <laughs> you would just get them too, right? Uh, and um, hold on. But at the same time, if you know if you know herbaceous plants, I think you'll probably be able to get 
get these right. You got to name two, Daryl. I only see one on there. And three. Steve, you I think you put three. One? I erased <laughs> the one you're least cross, confident. Because yeah. if you get one wrong, I can't accept your, your – even if you overshoot, so it's just, I can't. Uh, it's just uh, one of the species that pollinators – You got to get two of the keystone – That are necessary. That are like necessary like keystone species them, for – Species would collapse. So, Fran, you have two written down? I do. I, I have two. All right, we got a, a bunch of answers. Let's show them. Uh, Steve has Solidago and Aster. Uh, Fran has Minarda and Asclepius. Daryl has Aster and Solidago. Uh, two of you are correct, and that is Steve and Daryl with Solidago and Aster. Can, can I share? I had both of those written down. Because I'm like, oh, I'm just doing breed, uh, breeding sweetgrass. I, yep, I'm going to cross yep. it off and say no. Yeah, so the... Can I, the, can I have your... There you go. The 10 that uh, Dr. Doug Talamy has as his keystone flowering perennial genera for the eastern temper region. And some of these I didn't know. Um, At least I didn't think I knew. Uh, You had Solidago, Symphiotrichum, which is your aster families. Uh, Solidago being your your golden rods. That's a long one to write out. Yeah, yeah. Helianthus, uh, so your sunflowers. Uh, Rudbeckia, which is your black-eyed Susan, that family. Uh, Heterotheca. Daryl, you know that one? Mm-mm. I've never heard of it. Uh, I also hadn't heard of Grindelia. Um, I don't know that one either. Then uh, Cryopsis, Coryopsis. So Cryopsis is what Maryland Gold Masters won. I'm trying to think of some of the other plants that are in that that genus. Coryopsis is landsleaf tick seed. Yeah. Um, there's the the one out in the Midwest, and I can't remember the name of that one. And then Biden's was oh, Biden's, and then uh, Verbicina. So Verbicina, you have Wingstem. Biden's is. Um, I forget what plants are in there. I've heard of them before, but I don't remember. So, all right. So, Steve got that one right, and Daryl got that one right. So, a little score update here. Uh, We have Daryl in the lead with three, and Fran and Steve tied with two. So, all right. Man, I had those. I See, that's what I had them down. I'm like, no, it can't be. Yeah, I'm like, it can't be. Yeah. You got in my head. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the... I'm like that's I'm just in, uh, inappropriate to use on this podcast. For, for if you were, if you had written down the right answers, friend, um, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, All right. So question eight: Which of the following pieces of environmental legislation is the newest? Uh, you have the Clean Air Act, the Endangered Species Act, the Clean Water Act, and the Antiquities Act to choose from. Which one of them? was signed in the law the most recently. Which of those following pieces of legislation is the newest? The Clean Air Act, the Endangered Species Act, the Clean Water Act, and the Antiquities Act. I'm not expecting you to know the dates. I'm not I'm just hoping I'm not sure what the, the Antiquities Act is. Uh, the you? Antiquities Act was basically put in place to start forming some of our national parks and national monuments, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Clean Water Act obviously was signed because we had the pollution yeah. water. It was the Cuyahoga River caught on fire, and then it was signed shortly after that. Um, I'm giving out some date details that don't, Fran's yeah, probably old enough to don't. remember. I don't know if anyone else here is. Um, Endangered Species Act was signed to protect species that were starting to go extinct. And, uh, and I read that there hasn't been a species in the U.S. that went extinct since that was signed, but I'm not sure how true oh, that, that is. Oh, that was a big hint for me. And then, um, oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. And then, uh, then the Clean Air Act, uh, obviously, was the same thing. Yeah. It was the Clean Water Act, just with our air. You had, um, there was actually, I think it was a zinc plant. It's and like there was, water, like, heavy, heavy fog rolled in. 
and or or cloud cover rolled in and wouldn't let the the like the smoke of and this toxic smoke yeah. actually go up in the air wow. and a lot of people died and got really sick wow. because it, the air was trapped and that was kind of the impetus to said hey we can't let this happen we need to make sure it doesn't happen again so everyone has an answer written down all right let's show your answers uh you have uh daryl with clean air act fran with clean water act and steve with endangered species act and he just moved into a tie for the lead. Wow. Uh, the Clean Air Act was signed in – oh, I'll start from the oldest. The Antiquities Act, I'm glad none of you picked that. That was kind of my rule <laughs> yeah. out one. Antiquities sounds old. It was signed in 1906 by Theodore Roosevelt. The Clean Air Act was the second oldest, signed in 1963 by Lyndon B. Johnson. Clean Water, 73? Uh, Clean Water Act – was close. That was signed in 1972 by okay. Richard Nixon. I, was cl- I knew it was Nixon. I the Endangered re- Species Act was signed in 1973, also by Richard Nixon. Oh. Who knew that Richard Nixon, one of our See, I was thinking most clean frowned upon politicians, <laughs> signed two of the most important environmental pieces right. of environmental legislation in our country. All right. So, like I said before, alluded to before, we have a two-way tie for first right now with the two people that probably thought they were going to do the worst. <laughs> Uh, Steve has three points. Daryl has three points, both with two questions remaining. Fran, you're not out of the money yet. I'm only one away. You're only one away. So you got to root for Daryl and Steve to do poorly and you to do well. Unfortunately, I Uh, think this is going to be one that everyone This is is why I don't uh, trash talk. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, moving on to question nine. It is not uncommon for plants to be named after presidents, but which first lady has a blue bonnet? Named after her. And I'll repeat the question. It's not uncommon for plants to be named after presidents, but which first lady has a blue bonnet named after her? You said this is a gimme? A gimme? Yeah. I thought this one would be a pretty easy one. Fran is over there I'm writing, writing but I don't know. Uh, you, just, you don't know. I, I, Fran, I feel like you do know. Um, <laughs> well, we'll find out. I'm going to be very disappointed if Fran doesn't know. All right. Okay. Don't give so, any hints. I, I, this is my chance to catch up. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. I know who I want to write down. I can't think of her uh, first name. I know her there was, last name. You, if you write, get the last name right, <clears throat> I would have to give it to you. All right. Okay. Um, because there is only – oh, no, that's not true, actually. I was going to say. But I don't want to give too much value no, here. No, I was going to say that's uh, the last name don't, is, don't, might not be the only one with that last yeah. name. So. Let me look that up here real quick. You'd expect it to be her to be from Texas, perhaps. Uh, I'm not going to answer that, Steve. See, but what you're was... saying is making me think I'm wrong with what I wrote. What? Well, well, Fran, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Um. All right, everyone has an answer written down. I can't here. think of the first name right now. I'm. Uh, I, I'll be. I will take just the the last name for this one. Although there are two first ladies, I'm assuming that had this last name. Um, show your answer, Steve. See, when you said that, uh, you made me think Bush. Yeah. Steve has Roosevelt written down, which does have two first ladies with that last name, but that's yeah. the wrong two first ladies. Okay. Fran has Lady Bird Johnson. Uh, Daryl has Barbara Bush. And the answer is Lady Bird Johnson. Uh, Lady Bird Johnson Ooh. was the, a, uh, uh, president's wife? Yeah, Lyndon B. Yeah. Johnson's wife. Oh, Lyndon B. Right. Johnson's wife. So following, no I got really political with these last See, two questions. Like, I was confident when I wrote it, and then, you know, I'm like, oh, Tom's making it sound like it's it could be, 
like Barbara. Well, I was making it sound that way. I'm like, is there there a Bush's blue bonnet? Well, she's she's Andrew Johnson who took the presidency after in the 1800s. I think after Lincoln died. Um, Yeah, after Lincoln died is what I looked up here. So I'm assuming he had a wife, and then you would have two first ladies with the last name Johnson. So, uh, yeah, but also from Texas, Daryl, so you're not too far off there. Um, Let's see. So, Fran, that gets you one. I was thinking of Eleanor Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, now you have a three-way tie. Three-way tie with with one question left. (laughs) And uh, the the little fun fact I had with Lady Bird Johnson is uh, Lady Bird Johnson was the answer because of her passion for native plants and wildflowers. Uh, she had the uh, blue bonnet named after her called the Lady Bird Johnson Royal Blue Blue Bonnet uh, Lupinus Texanus Hook is the, right. the botanical name for that one. So, and uh, so we're on to question 10 with a three way tie. All right. And this is one, uh, this is the one's a little harder. It's okay. either you're either going to know it or you're not. I don't know if you're going to be able to guess it. All right. But the question is. Which president has an entire genus of native plants named after him? Um, the question again, which president has an entire genus of native plants named after him? I will give the little hint, which I don't think is going to be really a, much of a hint um, as part of my fun fact here. And it's uh, this president was said to have loved horticulture as much as he loved his country. I'm seeing a lot of stump faces. I really want to think about this one. I'll give you time to think about All it. All right. And it's a genus? It's, it's, a, and it's an entire genus. I could only find one plant in the genus. Oh, really? Herba- herbaceous? It's a herbaceous genus. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm double-checking that right now. It's, um, I th- yeah, I can, I can only find, oh, no, there is, um, there's one confirmed species, and there's a handful of unconfirmed species in this genus. And uh, if you'd like, I, I don't want to give you too many hints. I don't know if this is a plant that's actually found in the commercial trade. Can you give us one more hint? Were they a president of our lifetime? No, hmm. don't give a hint. Don't well, give that's, a hint. A, that's a wide range here. Yeah, Steve. yeah. There's a. I'm pretty old. Uh, that is true. <laughs> so, um, but I will say that there wasn't a. This president was not alive for any of our lifetimes in this room, and I don't think that's giving too much of a hint. Um, I see, Dow, you're done writing. Franz and Rain, Steve, you're still. I'm done. You're done I'm writing. Done. All right, let's hold up our cards. And we had Steve with Washington, Fran with Jefferson, and Daryl with Jefferson. Daryl and Fran, you are correct. Oh. Jeffersonia, named after Thomas Jefferson, is a plant. Uh, it's actually Jeffersonia defila, or twin leaf, found from Wisconsin to Georgia and up the East Coast. It's a small white flowered perennial that likes shady limestone soil. Um, I'd actually, and then Jefferson. I'd, I'd actually heard of it before. Yeah. Jefferson is said to have loved horticulture as much as he loved this country. So that moves Fran and Daryl into a two-way tie. I'm really glad I made this tiebreaker question. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, And it's actually a two-way tiebreaker in case you tie again. Tie again. All right. Um, what did you think so far? I guess I should get into that. What do, what do you think of our first I, full round? It was a really close game. You know, I think, I, I think it was pretty good. Like, I felt like I really knew five of – like, the only one that I really – like, I had the yeah. answer I – one question I had the answer and I erased it. Mm-hmm. So 
like I knew half of them. I feel that's yeah. pretty good considering the way, range of questions you had, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty diverse. Um, and they they weren't all gimmies. So, but but you had a shot at each one. Yeah, yeah. So, how about Daryl? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'd say the same thing. I didn't really know. I don't think I was solid on anything except the Talamy one was the ones like mm-hmm. I jumped right out at me because it's plants I deal with every yeah. day. Everything I don't mm-hmm. think of plants necessarily in terms of, you know, former presidents' wives. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of like out of my wheelhouse. I wanted to put a little fun twist on some but stuff too. That makes it hard for all of us though yeah. because oh, yeah. if it was – maybe if it was more technical, it would be geared towards one person or another. Right. This yeah. was pretty – like Broad anyone spectrum. had a shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Which our I listeners like or maybe even people who don't know much about native plants could have a – could get a couple of these questions. You yeah. have a real good shot. That was the goal. Have than... some have some that people can play at home and have some fun with, learn some new things, have some fun facts tied in. So I'm going to throw this yeah. out. If Daryl wins, I think he should have to come back to defend his title for the next trip. I'm assuming we're going to have another one. <laughs> at some point, Like yeah. he doesn't get excused and just say, I'm the champ forever. Like yeah. You have to come back like Ken Jennings but, until you get beat. Okay. Unfortunately, if I lose, I have to come back anyway yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and defend my, my losing. Fran is the, the resident. Re- we yeah. get a rematch. The yes, resident. We get a rematch. Um, the resident player. He's like the the house band here. It <laughs> doesn't matter how bad he is. He's going to just have to stick around. All right. So who right. you ready for the tiebreaker question? All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going back to AmericanForest.org. All right. Uh, and this question is going to be based on. There's a definitive number. And you're gonna guess a number that's as what you or as close as possible to what you think this number is. Without going over or just as close I'm not as doing prices right rules. Okay. It's as close as possible. So whatever you guess, it's like it's whoever's closer, whether it's a little higher, a little lower, whoever's closer is gonna be the one who gets this question right. And then I have a follow up two actually two follow ups if for whatever reason you both guess on the same on either side of this number. All right. You're really okay. prepared. Uh, yeah. I, well, I was worried that this might happen, and then I was going to look like an idiot because I didn't do it. I'm glad you <laughs> so. did. And how many, wait, when you said you took the test, how many did did you get? You got I, five? When I was looking, I felt like I knew five to seven of them okay. beforehand. Wow. Okay. But it was one of those things, I'm like, with the wording, I don't know if I would have gotten some. Right, and gotcha. there's others that I would have guessed into just because of the wording. Gotcha. So All I right. figured I'd be in that, like, five range at okay. the end of the day. Um all right, so the question is, what is the height of the tallest champion tree in New Jersey, according to AmericanForest.org? I'm going to write I'm not going to tell you the tree. All right. Because <clears throat> that's if you if you both tie on this, I'm that's the next question is what is the tree? Um, but what is the height of the tallest champion tree in New Jersey, according to AmericanForest.org? All right. So you just got to write down a number for how tall you think that tree is. Okay. I already have it. All right, and Steve, you're writing one down for fun. So, yep. let's see. Let's uh, show those answers. Steve put 198 feet, um, which is good because you weren't in the running anyway. And then uh, Fran had 167 feet, and Daryl, you had 125 feet. The champion tree in New, the tallest champion tree in New Jersey, according to AmericanForest.org, is a sweet gum. That is 132 feet tall, and it's found right here in Burlington County, New Jersey. I'm not sure exactly where it is more precisely than that, but I know it's in New Jersey. So, Daryl, you're our winner. Fran, play him some good music. (laughs) 
So, Daryl, did you know Fran, that? Or, Fran uh, is our loser. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know 132 feet. I think you said. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, from everything else we did on in this trivia quiz, mm-hmm. you know, nothing was super tall. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm thinking to myself, out of 140 feet, I'm probably, you know, we heard earlier that you know those are. Those are exceptionally I, tall trees as yeah. it is. I, so I kind of erred on the side of caution, played some prices right rules, even though they didn't matter. But I was just thinking tulip poplar with some of the, mm-hmm. the ones I've seen. That's what I was I would thinking. not have guessed sweet gum yeah, I would, as being I would have guessed a tulip poplar for sure. I've seen yeah. some now, absolute giants. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's even the tallest tulip poplar, according to AmericanForest.org, which yeah. I've, so I haven't vetted yeah. outside of that, but is only 139 feet. And that one's in Virginia. So even though you might see some giants where they're 132 feet fall tall. But it's funny that we came back to sweet gum a couple times. We talked about tulip poplar a couple Interesting. times. Interesting. So, yeah. So a lot of those are the, the you know, pioneer species, too. Mm-hmm. The first ones are very yep. viable yeah. seed, and they grow tall and straight and get up above everything else. So, so. much for me saying that uh, sweet gum are short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I have no idea where uh, – didn't say the oldest. It just said no. the tallest. Yeah, so. that's true. One or in the forest behind the farm, there's some giant, giant sweet gums back there. So yeah, where, there's some big. Sweet does gums it say there. where in Burlington County it is? Is I, it somewhere I we didn't can go find visit? That um, I think at Crystal Lake Park, there's some giant trees over at Crystal Lake Park. There are. Yeah, because that's kind of really untouched are. a little bit. And there's a lot of tulip poplars there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing. You know, with the loss of chestnut, tulip poplar really became like that next big species. For us, mm-hmm. I just assumed that that would be somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'm not seeing uh, anything with with tulip poplar, or and excuse me, with uh, sweet gums and where that tree might be. But um, right. maybe we'll have to find the person in the know and say, "Hey, where, where is this where tree?" Is it? So whoever, well, I guess I can find who put it up there. Let me. Uh, I don't want to dox anybody and say, "Oh, they know where all the big trees are." But um, and another fun fact here is New Jersey has ten champion trees on this registry. I'll read them off real quick too. Right. Uh, we have a gray birch, which is uh, forty-eight feet tall, in uh, also in New Jersey. Where is it in New Jersey? Oh man, I this is gonna suck if I have to keep going back to the state. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I hit back and it like redid undid all my filters. Um. So that's in Cape May County. Uh, there's Kentucky Yellowwood in Morris County, New Jersey. Um, there is a Swamp White Oak in Sussex County, New Jersey. That's a champion tree. How big is that one? Uh, let's see here. I, I had a lot of fun on this website, by the way. This is like, it's uh, 105 feet, and it has a spread of 102 feet. All right. Wow. So Steve's going to go out and look, start looking for champion trees here. I yeah. think our neighbor across the street has... It should be a champion tree. Well, you got to go and uh, we got to measure the DBH. You got to do it and get a, a tape on it. I bet this thing's got a DBH of like that's huge. I yeah. can't even imagine. Like I'm thinking about this week. Um, like in Sadler's Sadler's Woods, there's a tulip poplar that it would take five people to get. Yeah, like their arms around. I'm trying to think of the size of what this sweet gum must look like. Although height, I know it doesn't have to have that big yeah. of a. So yeah. Steve, Steve, you said you didn't like sweet gums. How do you feel about tulip trees? I love tulip trees because they provide a lot of nectar for pollinators um, in the springtime. I like that they're tall and straight. Also, morel mushrooms grow underneath of them. So they're, yeah. uh, I like the, I don't know, they also have a nice fragrance. Anything mm-hmm. in that, uh, that family, you know, 
has that nice smell to it. Yeah. I, I think I love them from like an ornamental aspect. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. seeing that, you know, the, the giant tree in the in the summertime with the, that golden yellow, well, more like a butter yellow flower on it. It's just and I don't, it's, kind of it's, I don't find them as invasive. I shouldn't say invasive is the right word. Or, uh, aggressive. They're prominent. Aggressive, They're prominent, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> as aggressive as the um, sweet gums are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mentioned but that. When was uh, the last time you were somewhere where sweet gum was the tallest tree in the area? Like, because you like, usually yeah. see them like Steve's mentioned. Yeah, exactly. You're usually seeing them as like a colony around, mm-hmm. like in a wet, marshy area that just kind of pioneering yeah. it. I feel like I have to prove this wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming out with my with yeah. tape measure. I feel, I feel the same way, friend. Yeah. So I mentioned the Kentucky Yellowwood. That was a champion in from New Jersey. I'm not uh, familiar that was with that tree. Cladrastis Kentuckia. Yep. Okay. That tree is 74 feet tall and is in. I didn't think that was native to here. Morris County. Is that New the Jersey. same? That's different than a Kentucky coffee tree. Then. Right? Yeah, uh, that's Gymnocladus. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, you have an alternate alternate leaf dogwood. Corner uh, which in. is in Morris County, New Jersey, and that one is thirty feet tall. So, it's like really? I was saying, wow. some of them are. That's actually it's pretty by, impressive. It's not yeah. like that doesn't necessarily have to be like the tallest of the tallest yeah. overall trees, just for it's the species. Shrubs too. Um, you have a silky willow in uh, Morris County, New Jersey. A lot of them in Morris County, New Jersey. Here, that is also thirty feet tall, and I wonder if that. That. I wonder how many of those are like Willowwood or or Friedenheisen. Yeah, or yeah some of those. that's true. Yeah, I wonder if that um, the pussy willow I planted behind the house that was like thirty feet tall that would have been a champion tree. I could have been. <laughs> I hung my hat on that one. <laughs> you have a, a white ash that's also in Morris County, New Jersey. Uh, that is one hundred and fifteen feet tall. Hopefully, that's and still has a alive. spread of a uh, hundred and eleven feet. Um, Let's see. The next one is a scarlet oak in Mercer County, New Jersey. That is 128 feet tall and 122 feet wide. And there's three more here. You have an American hornbeam in Essex County, New Jersey. Uh, that is 55 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And a red maple in Salem County, New Jersey. That is 75 feet tall. And the last one is our sweet gum. 132 feet tall in Burlington County, New Jersey. Um, it was last measured in 2016. So, and I don't, I, I don't know if these the people who reported it want privacy. So I don't know if I should say who they are. Um, yeah. But it's not names I recognize. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm going Brand through other sites GPS trying to find. <laughs> 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 don't mind my chainsaw. Um, the uh, no, I'm going through other sites just trying to debunk. Your, your, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't. Checking you. I can't. Yeah. Although monumental trees is saying the tallest tree in New Jersey is a tulip poplar, but it's saying it's 119 feet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what I just saw too. So you yeah. still would have won, friend. You still yep. would have won. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Uh... <laughs> this isn't helping me out. All right. So, uh, any last words that we want to we want to talk about, or are we ready to wrap this up? I think I like uh, Daryl's answer with astrolabus as far as um, the deer food. Yeah, deer food. I think the uh, deer scientists should take a look at that one. Yeah. Well, you can call up Kip Adams and and ask him to, or even better, we can. Um, there's a another guy who works for Lindsey Thomas Jr. who uh, I messaged back and forth with on Instagram one time, and then found out that he was married to someone from our town and cousins with uh, uh. people that I graduated high school with. So. 
uh, or she was cousins. His wife was cousins. So um, we have a connection there, and he's up in our area every once in a while and said he's going to stop in at some point. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, – I think that's all we have. Fran, you have hey, any final uh, words? Hold on. I'm looking up one other thing. This is saying the tallest tree in New Jersey is an elm in Audubon, New Jersey, which is right around the corner from me, but it's a paywall. Oh. <laughs> right, let's see. How much is Fran willing to pay to not lose? Wait, yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. I can't get to the article because it's it's uh, an elm. I'd find it weird that it would be still be alive. Uh, without nah, getting... saying it's 105 feet. Yep. Okay. Still yeah. one friend. <laughs> <laughs> you... right, I got I got nothing else. Yeah. I tried. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think it was cool to see like how much you know, native plants, whether they're landscape plants or I hate to say not landscape plants, but like the deer food thing are, are part of, you know, our history and, mm-hmm. and we kind of need to think about it more. Yeah. So the last thing I'm going to ask is for our listeners, if they have any questions that they'd like to see us ask if, to write in and let us know what they want to hear. And, uh, and what, we'll try and work some what, stuff in. And I think if we pick their question, we'll have to send them something well, for, for contributing. I would like, if we can get enough listener questions to do a whole episode, we could have Christiane go through the questions mm-hmm. oh, and, and then make sure they're viable. The and too. then you could play as well. Yeah, I don't. I think I like being the host for <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little more fun. It was, it was, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was little, really in the native plant every day knowing that I never had to guess that I just got to ask the questions. It was definitely more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I feel your pain. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this edition, the first ever edition of Native Plants Healthy Planet Trivia, uh, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Uh, Fran, I'm going to kick it over to you. I think I got everything in my section. Yeah, you did. That I improvised. Uh, We're saying thank you to the Egocentric Plastic Men for... uh, uh, contributing the theme music to our trivia episode. Make sure you stream or buy their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume your music. Follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, or Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet, and also at YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Don't forget the, about the question and comment line. We actually do have a question for the next episode of The Buzz that we're going to play. Call us at 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. We will play it on a future episode of The Buzz and answer it to the best of our ability. And uh, don't forget to join the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. The group just keeps growing, and I love the conversations that are going on over there. So you can buy Native Plants Healthy Planet merch at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. Click on the link at the top for T-shirts. Uh, and then that'll take you to our Teespring store, and the apron is still not up, I don't think. All right. But it should be up. I'm going to keep working on it. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what this copyright thing is that they're trying to stick me with. Mm-hmm. But um, we don't take any money from that. That all goes to some of the nonprofits that we keep here or focus on here on our, uh, our episodes at Native Plants Healthy Planet. You can listen to our podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet, at that same URL, but you're probably going to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find us just by listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet, or just you're already listening right now, so you just got to click on the thing. When you're doing that, hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. If you do a little write-up, I'll give you a shout-out. Those things go a long, long way to, to promoting our message and getting more people out there learning about and hearing about Native Plants and how they're important for our world. Um, With that, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom. 
And I am Fran. Thank you, everyone. If you have a tall tree on your property, protect it. Let it get just tall enough that I can win because <laughs> we can retro retro this episode back. That answer is ever-changing. Like that tree is going to continue to grow. I'm going to go protect it. Let it keep getting bigger so I can come back and say I won. Uh, <laughs> coming, up, coming up next episode, we have a buzz. Uh, Steve, thank you for joining us. Daryl, thank you. You'll have thank to come you. back and uh, defend your title. Uh, so we hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you again next week, and until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.